This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 168 with Anna Willard. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 168. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Anna Willard is an author, personal trainer, and oldest child from a family of five. From her personal exercise journey, streaming from numerous sports and multiple injuries, she discovered hope through movement. After many injuries and failed goals, she experienced how movement is medicine. Exercise and movement continue to give her hope and allow her to dream again and again. Understanding this power, she works with women and men, strengthening them on their journey toward living a life beyond their dreams. Seeing firsthand how hopes and dreams go hand in hand with physical fitness, Anna recently wrote her first book, Spark Your Youth. I'm so grateful to Anna for doing the interview today as she was facing her own personal crisis on the day that we recorded. And it would have been easy for her and completely understandable to cancel this interview. And I actually encouraged her to do so. And she said, no, if there's ever a time I need to talk about hope, it's right now. So she felt it was really important for her to honor hope um, as she does in her book repeatedly and to show up and share in order to instill hope in others and in herself and especially in the face of grief. So please kick back get ready to listen. This is a good episode, but there's some heaviness to it because of the circumstances of the interview day, which is definitely unique to in comparison to other interviews I've done. And I hope that you will enjoy what you learn from Anna today. And I know that you will all just be able to hold her and her family in a special place in your heart moving forward based on the story that she's going to share with what they're going through right now. So let's go ahead and dive in with Anna Willard. Anna Willard, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here today. 
Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. So we've had quite the debacle in scheduling our interview and most of it or all of it, I think due to me, like having to reschedule a few times. And so I appreciate you being persistent. Oh, thank great, you. Great personality trait. <laughs> um, I so appreciate you being persistent. And then today I'll let our listeners know that Anna and I discussed this a little bit before starting to record whether or not we were going to talk about this, but today you sent me an email just a few minutes before our scheduled time, letting me know that your family was impacted by a school shooting that happened yesterday. And so I wanted to just put that out there before we even get started so that people have an understanding of today's not a normal day for you. It's not an average day. Like you have a lot going on, but also you said to me that like, this is the time to talk about these things. And so I so appreciate you showing up and being willing to talk when you are processing a lot of things. Yeah. So just for the listeners and everything, my family is safe, but was very impacted with the shooting at Freeman High School in Spokane, Washington. It's the high school that I graduated from. So even as an alumni, I'm also impacted because of that community that reflects even an aspect of who I am. And with the fact of after rescheduling all the things, I just found it ironic, the timing of this and the purpose of talking about my book, Spark Your Youth, which is all about creating hope. And that's why I felt like, you know what, we just need to keep pushing through and going forward with this type of stuff and talking about the fact like life sucks, life is hard and shitty stuff like this happens to us more than we realize. And how do we really handle it in a place that is a creating a place that is hopeful that there is a place of peace, there is a place of healing for those who were either the victim or the persecutor on this aspect. Like each side needs hope on this and how do we move through this together in a healthy way versus a blaming way. And so that's why I felt like we need to just do this of like just because of where our nation is in itself too, of like all the heartache with the hurricanes and earthquakes that's just happened within like the past couple of months. So my heart goes to the Freeman community, but also just to our community as a nation too, of just like, I feel like there's a deep cry and no one is really talking about the fact that there's hope throughout these dark times. And that's the whole purpose of hope is to be the light in dark times, not to shine when it's all happy and glorified and feeling good. (laughs) Like that's easy stuff. Hope is not just about Facebook moments. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So thank you for also keeping myself accountable on this aspect of what my goal as a trainer of, you know, bringing that light to my clients and just bringing that light to everyday moments too. So thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You're welcome. And I know that you are getting in the car right after what I'm recording to go be with your family. So I'm yes. really glad that you can do that. And I even said, and some of you have heard me talk about this before. I've definitely had to sit down and record in moments when I felt pretty emotionally overwhelmed. And sometimes the distraction of a good conversation is the most like cathartic therapeutic thing ever. So hopefully this conversation will be a little bit of that for you before you go. Cause I know you're going to have some significant work when you're spending time with your family. And I know there's a lot of trauma that you guys will be working through together. So I'm looking forward to hopefully getting, like you said, bringing some hope to this conversation that we're having today and also giving you a little bit of hope moving forward as you go be with your family after this. Yeah. Thank you. So with that, let's, yeah, that's quite the intro. Yes. <laughs> let's dive in and talk a little bit about 
you wrote this book, which is more, I call it a workbook. I don't know if that's appropriate, Mm -hmm. but as I was Mm -hmm. reading through it, I was so impressed with how much it was like a working manual of where you had these great conversation starters and like topics to think on, and then also some ways to process them, which I really loved. So tell us a little bit about your life beyond your bio, what you're really excited about in your work right now, and then what inspired you to write Spark Your Youth? Yeah. So I'll attack it backwards with what inspired me to write Spark Your Youth. There was numerous reasons. I talk about how I've dealt with death within the family and how I was able to create hope with that through exercise and movement. But really, it was more of my clients, really seeing how they were dealing with either a heartache of a death or a heartache of losing their job or the heartache of something they just didn't anticipate that was something heart-wrenching. And just seeing how movement helped with that, but there's so much more than just the exercise aspect. That helps us get through it, but I felt like there's so much more to that. So I wanted to give people, not just my clients, other people, these tools that I felt were necessary for today's world. And it's the simplest stuff. And I don't think most people realize it's the simplest stuff that makes the biggest difference. That's so true. And when we have this ripple effect of those simple changes that I talk about within the book of changing ourselves or like just writing that simple thank you card of like what a huge impact that makes on the other person. But then that person wants to do the same too to other people. It has this just like continuous like wave of hopeful goodness going throughout Mm -hmm. versus thinking that we need to make a big change to the system or something like that. It starts with the little things within us and that's where the big results come. I think that's such an important thing to address and acknowledge right now because it's so easy to feel overwhelmed. You look at the things that are happening on a national level, on a global level, but you look at like the hate rallies in Charlottesville and you're like, you feel so lot like there's nothing I can do to help that, but you're right. You can do like one little thing that does have impact over time. And that makes a really big difference. And I mean, that was, I did a podcast episode on that and I was like, this is totally out of my comfort zone. I don't feel super well equipped or like it's, I don't feel like I'm an expert on like the black lives matter movement because I'm a middle-class white girl. Yes. And I I can agree to that. Yeah. Yeah. But I also felt like, you know, it's like the one thing that I can do to make a little ripple to just keep the conversation going. And so I totally agree with you. It is those little things. And when, especially when things feel so big and overwhelming, those little things really are oftentimes the only way we can start to feel a little bit empowered. Right. Well, and I think I was talking to one of my friends who she considers herself brown. One parent is white, the other parent is black. And I was just talking about the fact that like how there is still white supremacy, even in Seattle, Mm -hmm. there's still like, I saw it even this week and just talking to her about it and just saying, I'm so sorry, you still have to live with this. And just the relief that she was able to have on her face of realizing that a white middle-class woman realizes the heartache. And I think that's the biggest counter change that we need to start doing. So just like what you did with one of your podcasts, you came up and be like, Hey, I don't know about this, but I want to be a part of the change. And I think those are the simple things that we need to like kind of focus on of like, yeah, this is overwhelming and I don't know what to do about the problem, but I want to be part of the solution. And I think when we come to that, we come together with those voices, 
we come and we find a solution together. It's not like coming and saying, hey, I know what to do. It's coming together saying, I don't know what to do. How can we work together to right. solve this? Yes, totally. And also saying like, I don't know what to do, but I know that I want to be part of a solution or I know yes, I want to contribute exactly. in some way. I think mm-hmm. that's so, and that's what I've seen so many people doing is saying that like, I know that like, I'm not highly qualified in this area, but also like, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to figure it out. Like I want to be, because I'm an empathetic, compassionate person right. being like, I want to be part of a solution. And I see so many people stepping up in those ways, which has been really yeah. cool. Yeah. Really empowering. Yeah. So I know your book was inspired by some specific events in your life. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit about those specific events. Cause then we can dive a little deeper into some of the topics and themes of the book. Yes. So I'm the oldest of my family and I grew up with my cousins who played really involved with basketball. So I always wanted to like be like them growing up. And unfortunately my cousin Kelly was killed from a drunk driver and he was 16 years old. Oh my gosh. And I at the time was 13, just devastated. I was just, it was more of like a numb, like I didn't, remember crying at the funeral or maybe I forced the tears because I was like, I don't know how to handle this. My person who I thought, who I looked up to like an older brother to help me navigate through life as, you know, a sibling almost was gone. And I remember just the fact of like what a powerful impact he had on my influence of wanting to play basketball and how I wanted to be just like him and so I remember at that age, I started journaling and wanting down a goal of the fact that I wanted to become a collegiate basketball player, earn a scholarship or something like that in honor of his life. And so it was at that moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's hope. I can still move forward through this. Mm-hmm. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Air Doctor. 
You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. And it was fascinating. This is where I find it really interesting about the power of our minds. I was so devastated. And I talk about this in the book. I was so devastated at the fact of the way he died and the age he died. At the same age, when I was 16, I found myself in a very similar situation where I was hanging out with the wrong crowd, doing drugs, you know, getting drunk and like to the point where I had alcohol poisoning and I was sick for three days. And my friends denying it all that even ever happened. So that was kind of more of that aha moment. I'm like, I'm focused more on the fact that he's gone and how he died versus actually the life that he lived. And I think when we have that mental capacity of like looking at the positive aspects of the beauty that he did give me versus the fact that he is gone at such an early age in life. That's when I started realizing I have an opportunity to make this change in my life. And that's where I kind of like drew away from those friends, you know, tried to get more involved with sports and everything like that. So it was just an interesting dynamic of like where we put our focus and energy, even though I thought I go more in depth of like how I was thinking of like really creating hope and when I wasn't during that time with playing basketball. But it's just fascinating to me of just like, what is really hope? And that's kind of where I explore through the book and even bringing into my own journey of like, what is hope and how can we really create hope for ourselves and for each other? I love that. And I think that that's important. And it's a little bit of a nebulous thing where you're like, hope can be something hard to cultivate on your own. And so it's kind of like people can say, well, it's like telling someone to like, just be positive, just be in a bit better mm-hmm. mood. It's like telling a depressed person to like, yep. just lighten up and be happy. <laughs> yeah. I think hope yeah. can be like that too. It's like either you feel it or you don't and you can't really right. like fake it. You really have to work toward it and, and be conscientious similar- of it. Yes, exactly. And then similar to what we were talking about earlier, just like how we all come together and saying, hey, I don't have the answers, but I'm here to serve. I want to help. And that's where the conclusion I came on with hope is like, Hope is where we're able to serve each other for the greater good of humanity, for a greater good of something beyond ourselves. And when we 
acknowledge that. I really believe that's where we spark this light of hope through each other and through ourselves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So was the breakthrough moment then when you started playing basketball and had this like waking up after having alcohol poisoning and all of that? Or what was your breakthrough moment in grieving that loss? And how do you encourage others to work through grief like yours? Yeah. So I think part of the alcohol poisoning was part of the breakthrough. By the time I was a senior in high school, I was so injured from sports. I didn't play any athletics Mm -hmm. and I wanted my body to heal. And so I felt like in a way that I was disserving my cousin because I wasn't able to give him honor and where my journey totally took a different path. And you can read a little bit more about the book and how I was able to serve in a bigger perspective than I ever thought I could and give him honor in that way. Right. And so I think that's where more of the wake up happened. Like I think the breakthrough happened during the alcohol poisoning in that event, but the awakening was more of like, whoa, I'm here for a bigger reason. And I don't know what that reason is, but I'm going to explore this. That's super insightful for a 16 year old. <laughs> so that was breakthroughs at 16. It wasn't okay. until like 18 when I was a senior okay. in high school. So it takes but time. Still, it? Still, I, would, I would argue that's still really young. I think that's so cool. I think it's super insightful. And I think that that's definitely like most 18 year olds would still be in like the drinking phase of their life. I think that's definitely some mature wisdom. And I think that's impressive that you, and maybe it was through going through this experience of grief that you were able to like advance emotionally in some ways. Yeah. Um, Well, and even it was interesting when I started writing the book and I was like, I don't even know where I'm going to go with this book. I just have always had these words and I feel like I need to write something about these words. And it wasn't until like, I started the book where I realized, I was like, oh, I was really able to really honor my cousin, even though I didn't know at the time. I was still fulfilling like a dream of mine to honor my cousin in a different way. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to give it away because I want people to read the book and understand <laughs> how like, no matter where you're at in life, even though it may feel like you're not where you anticipated you would be there's still hope in that and you're still your dreams. It's just a different aspect in a way that you never thought you right. would be, but it's exactly who you're meant to be in this world. Right. Everything is a part of your story. So if like your yeah. dream, like you said, your dream was like playing, honoring him through basketball. Well, that didn't work right. out the way you wanted it to that not working right. out is part of your story. That's like part of the right. story of honoring him and then ended in a different way. So right. everything is ultimately part of your story. And I think sometimes, I mean, I've definitely had that where I'm working through grief about something or just not even something as heavy as grief, just being frustrated with something. And I'm like, this is part of the story. Like I need to figure this out because how does this fit in the story? How do I make this, like, how do I, instead of just being angry, mad, frustrated, overwhelmed, how can I actually make this a meaningful part of the story, which is so much more powerful than just sitting and sulking and being dismissive of the power of of a situation or circumstance or the opportunity to learn from it. Yeah, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. So tell us about the three words. Yeah. So (laughs) I've always been a dreamer. My mom has always taught us like the importance of our dreams of pursuing our dreams. And when Kelly died, that's where I really developed this kind of awe and wonder of hope. And then believe kind of came to me in college. It's a funny story. I wanted a tattoo and I was like, oh, I'll do hope and dream be all cool. And I'm like, but it needs a third word. What's a third word that goes with hope and dream? 
I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do believe. And at the time I was just like, I don't even know what I believe in. I don't know what that really means to me or anything. And it wasn't until like two years ago when I left more of like the corporate world of working as a trainer and doing my own personal training and becoming the entrepreneur where I realized I'm like, oh, this is what it means to believe in me. This is what it means to believe in myself and my dreams is actually pursuing them and embracing myself towards that journey. And so that's another inspiration of the book of why I wanted to write this was like, people kept telling me, just believe in yourself and you'll get it. And I'm like, I don't even know how to believe in myself. Like, so in almost in hindsight, I wrote the book for myself because I was like, I don't know how to believe in myself. How do we do this? Like, yeah. Yeah. How, that's a big how concept. Do we, yeah. How do we believe like our gut instinct is right, or we know we need to take this journey or this path, like how do we fully embrace ourselves by believing in ourselves? And so that's the other reason why I felt like it was needed to write this book because we all need to believe in ourselves. Because when we do, we become very powerful individuals and as a whole together as a community. Yeah. I know in the book, you have a diagram of like the three circles of hope, dream, and believe and how they overlap. Tell a little bit about that diagram and the connection between the three. So you can't have one without the other. And that's Mm -hmm. the the thing, like you can't have dreams without hope and Mm -hmm. without hope lighting away towards something, you can't have your dreams, those desires that pull you towards. And you can't pursue those dreams without that light shining forward or those dreams without believing in yourself. So you have to have all three of those to really embrace each one of those aspects. So all three of those words are like, I believe hope is a progression from dreams. Dreams are a progression from believing, but each one of those embraces each other and you can't have one without the other. I love that. I think that's so great. That makes so much sense. That connection is such a powerful way to put it because you're right. I can totally see how they don't exist alone. Although I think sometimes we definitely isolate. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what is the significance of each theme and how do you, if they are interconnected, do you work with people and talk about them independently first, or do you kind of have people address all three at one time? Yeah. So I address each one individually And so the first one is talking about hope because I feel like we need to understand the difference between all three of those words Mm -hmm. and how they play interactively with each other and how that really embraces ourselves of believing in ourselves and believing in hope and believing in dreams. And so I had to come up with what is the difference between hopes and dreams? Because I feel we kind of get blur those a little bit. At least I know I did. I'm like, what is the yeah. difference between those two? Like my dreams give me hope, but my hope is in my dreams. Like, what is that? And I truly believe hope is this light. And sometimes this light isn't the light that's at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes this light is like two feet shining in front of us. That's all we get to see. And we don't have that believing aspect, we wouldn't take that step moving forward, believing that we can do that. Dreams, I believe, are more of a calling. It's more of like that pull in our heart, those deep desires of our heart of what type of life we want to live. And it's unraveling some of those like really surface goals that we may have and really understanding our deep desires. And in the book, I talk like the mission of the dream, like what is that underlying mission of the dream? 
whatever dreams that you may have. I feel like all dreams have a, a really deep, bigger purpose than we realize, but we have to dive deep for that to realize what's fueling this dream to keep us going forward or this, what's calling us towards this. And we have to understand that. And then again, like, what does it really mean to believe in ourselves and how we have some false ideas of what it means to believe? And I think, at least for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll believe when I get to this point in my life, when I become this or when I get this certification, you know, I'll be that better trainer where I think we forget the beauty of the present moment and how we need to believe in ourselves at that present moment that we are exactly who we are meant to be and we have exactly the knowledge, the wisdom, the insight to give what we are meant to give to this world, even though we may not know it all. I'm taking notes here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, that's a good quote. <laughs> um, that's awesome. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to not type too loud to be distracted. <laughs> no, that's too funny. <laughs> I think that's so powerful. And I think that we often, what immediately came to mind when you said we're exactly who we're meant to be and we already have the gifts that we need and that we're meant to have. I know for women, I think in particular, and for moms, maybe even right. more specifically, mm-hmm. we often are like, oh, look at her over there. Like she's the one that has it all together. She's the one that has everything right. that she needs. She's the one. And we get in this comparison trap and we don't look in to see that we actually already have everything that we need or that we actually have the same thing. I mean, maybe we have different things in the person that we're comparing ourselves to, but that like what we have can serve us just as well as what they right. have serves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book is how comparison robs us of those gifts that we're meant to give to ourselves and to give to others. Totally. And that robs our hope. So when we don't believe in ourselves, we're not just robbing our gifts. We're robbing this hope for ourselves. We're robbing this hope that is meant for other people too, to see this light. Right. Right. An example of that is when I was getting into personal training, I was working at a gym here in Seattle. Were you familiar with Sound Mind and Body? No, no. Okay. They probably closed before you were in the area. They closed a while ago. But okay. So at Sound Mind and Body, I came in as a fairly new trainer, and it was a gym that was like held in really high esteem in the city. And the trainers had been there for a really long time and were very like experienced seasoned trainers. And I felt super insecure and unqualified. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't have years of experience yet. And also like, I'm not this like rock star athlete that these people are. I mean, like I was pretty athletic. I was doing a lot of distance running. I was doing triathlons, but it's like, we had to do fitness testing with all the trainers together twice a year. And like, it was literally like, how many pull-ups can you do in a minute? And like, you see everyone else's numbers. So you immediately just start comparing. And it was a great, the owners were crazy and awful, but (laughs) the trainers were amazing people and they didn't care at all. Like they were not into comparison, but me as a new person who felt insecure, and a new person in the industry, I was like constantly noticing how other people performed in comparison to me. And something that stood out to me after a while was that as I started building business there and over time built up a really strong clientele, a couple people said to me like, well, we want to come to you because you're like, you're the real trainer. You are just like kind of, they never use the word average, but I wasn't like walking around with my six pack and like my bikini body. And like, I was just kind of like, I looked like your average female with like, hips 
like I had some body fat. Like, right. Just, yeah. I was just kind of normal. And for some people that was exactly what they needed to be able to actually reach out to a personal trainer because they mm-hmm. were terrified of reaching out to a male or reaching out to a woman who they felt like they could never compare to. And so right. they were like, I was like the comfortable person. Yeah. And it would have been easy for me to stay really insecure in that environment had I chosen to, but uh-huh. instead I kind of started embracing that like, I'm like you, like I'm the person who grew up hating exercise. I grew up overweight. I grew up on macaroni and cheese. Like I've been as uncomfortable with my body my whole life, like, all these things. And they were like, oh my gosh, like, can I please train with you three days a week? And like, I will write a check for any amount because, right. <laughs> because I was just real. And so I was able to turn instead of falling and I started out in the comparison trap for sure. But instead of staying in that comparison trap, I was able to see how I had the things that I needed to serve the people that I wanted to serve. Yeah. Cause I also didn't want to serve people who were like, I just want to get like a six pack and be able to wear like, you know, a size zero string bikini. Like that wasn't who I was there to serve. There's nothing wrong with people who have those goals or who were looking for that. But that right. wasn't when I set out in the fitness industry, that was not my target audience at all. Like I wanted to work with people like me. And so it really took some time for me to look at like, who am I? Where do right. I come from? Mm-hmm. And why is my unique place in the world exactly what I can use to serve other people? Right. Yeah. That's a perfect example. And it's so, unfortunately, the fitness industry is so toxic with comparison. Yes. And it's so easy. Like, I still find myself falling into that trap or people will compare themselves to me. And I'm like, no, 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 we can't do that. Like, that's robbing each other and that's robbing how people will serve each other. And I think of my clients, like, my clients who I work with, when they say, I just want this embrace that I don't have, like, this is something that's part of yours. And when they compare, they lock themselves down. And it's almost like this, like, door that they close themselves off. And I know I feel that way when I compare myself to other people in the fitness industry or like some of my colleagues, because it's so easy to be like, oh, you did how many pushups? Well, I'm going to do this amount of pushups and see who's best. Like, because right. in the fitness industry, we are identified by what we can do as performers and what we mm-hmm. can do as our appearances. And I think that's like one of the biggest things in the fitness industry. Hopefully I'm seeing that change and I think it's coming. It's not there fully yet. Um, no, I so agree. It's definitely changing. It is definitely changing. And so that's why I wanted to address it a little bit for those who are in the fitness industry. Like we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. We're all on the same team of like, so many push-ups, that's awesome. High five. And that's one of the things right. I even feel convicted of myself of being like, am I praising my teammates or am I comparing them? Right, and right. just really embracing the fitness industry too, just because we're desperately needed. All of us. Yeah. Are you familiar with Erin Brown? Yeah. So I love her. Oh my yeah. God, I love her so much. Did you see her speak when she came to Seattle? No. So unfortunately I was rear ended the week before and dealt with a massive concussion. So I was in bed (laughs) during that time. What a huge double bummer. Yes. (laughs) Um, So she was amazing, of course. But, Uh um, and for those of you, I've interviewed Erin Brown. For those of you not familiar with her, definitely go back and check out that episode and I'll link it in the show notes for this episode. But Erin, one of the things she posted on Facebook, and it's been a few years now, but it totally stuck with me because I was like, oh my gosh, I've so been there. She said that a friend of hers had run her first 5K. And so her friend does this 5K and like, I don't know if Aaron was at the race or the friend texted her or whatever. And Aaron was like, so immediately, like, I got this feeling of like, oh, like she ran a 5k. So that means like 
that means that I'm less of a person for not running a 5k because she yeah. did do a 5k. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, wait, like there's plenty of 5k's to go around and like there's yeah. plenty of miles to be run. Like there's no shortage of miles that can be run in this world. And there's no right. shortage of races that people can participate <laughs> in. She's like, why does someone else's success immediately feel limiting to me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And I find this in the world of entrepreneurship where like, someone, I mean, a perfect example would be you writing your book. Like if I were to look at you and be like, Oh, Anna wrote a book. Well, great. great. I guess I can't write a book now, <laughs> but we totally do that. And it's so weird when you say it out loud, you're like, that's so weird and, and right. inappropriate. Yeah. But it's so easy to get like, because I do the same thing. I'm like, it's same thing with you, Sarah. Like I could be like, Oh, Sarah has a podcast. I want to do that. Like, <laughs> like I have great ideas I want to talk about, but <laughs> She already did format. all of them. I already talked about all the great ideas in the whole world <laughs> yeah. on my podcast. <laughs> this episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. 
So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. But when we see, like, again, when this comes back down to the, when we really come from a place of wanting to serve each other, we're really allowing hope to become alive within each other and within our too when we take that comparison frame or vision off our eyes and look like, Oh, this is how we can embrace each other. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you wrote the book, were you looking specifically to inspire and impact a certain population of people or kind of who were you thinking about as you were writing the book and who did you really want to reach and connect with? Yeah, that's the interesting part. Um, Cause when I sent it to like family members and like some of my clients to review and edit they're like who is your main audience and I was like why do I have to have like a main audience anyone can benefit from this book it doesn't matter what age or anything like I feel like become a lot of people are like, this is like someone who's going through like crisis but then I think of like my brother and his classmates who just went through a horrifying traumatic event yesterday with the shooting they may yeah. be able to relate to this book when they're a senior in high school. Totally. But then someone in their 60s who is going through, you know, like who's retired but feels like doesn't have any purpose in life, they may be able to relate to this book in a different way. So my goal with this book wasn't to have like a narrow focus audience because I wanted to make sure that it doesn't matter what age or ethnicity or male or female that who you are. I mean, we all bring a different light of hope into this world. And so that's why I didn't want to have like a narrow focus on the book. Yeah. The great news is hope does not discriminate. (laughs) Yes. That's it. That's what I'm trying to find and say, thank you. (laughs) No, I think I totally agree with you. And that's so interesting because I think that it's almost a little counterculture in entrepreneurship, like if you get any sort of business coaching, it's constantly about like, who's your client avatar? Who's your perfect, like, who are you speaking to and who's your audience and make it as specific as possible. But I love that your book could really be so impactful to so many different populations, so many different people experiencing different phases of life. And it might be during an acute traumatic event, but it could also be like in a major life transition. Mm -hmm. That's not an acute traumatic event, you know, that's not as acutely traumatic and it could, or it could just be like, someone who is feeling like they're going through the motions in life and just not feeling hopeful, not following dreams, not even able to maybe identify their dreams and just feeling a little bit aimless in how they're living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about actually writing a book because I think that I've interviewed a lot of authors, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them start out with a huge platform and a huge following. And then like they write all these New York Times bestsellers. And that's very different than writing and self-publishing a book when you don't have all of that already in place and you don't have a publisher backing you and you don't yeah. get a $3 million advance <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. experience. And I haven't ever talked to anyone about that before. And I think that I know that there's so many 
listeners sitting at home and I have so many people who reach out to me and say like, oh, I've been thinking about starting a podcast and I listen to the Shameless Mom Academy and I would love to like pick your brain on that. And so I thought with this, I would love to pick your brain a little bit about yeah, like the whole path of going down and deciding to write a book and self-publish and do something that so many people talk about, but a lot of times don't actually get around to because they make a lot of excuses maybe to, yeah. to not ever get into it. So tell yeah. us a little bit about how you got started and what motivated you. Yeah. Well, I think it was like more like what were like my big goals for 2017. I think I wrote it into or last fall. So it's been a year since of the whole process. I started in August with the writing, but it took me that whole entire year to get over my excuses to write a book. So anyone who has excuses, I've lived through them all. Like who am I to write a book? Like I'm not like an English major or have like any, like you should see some of my edits. Like those were ugly. (laughs) 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 But through the process, I think the beauty of the world that we live in today is that we do have this freedom where you don't have to be a New York bestseller to start a platform. You can build it on your own. And that's the beauty of like Amazon, like just even looking how Amazon started and where it's grown to now. Like it wasn't Amazon the way it is that we know it today years ago. So (laughs) I think it's just a matter of like, are we going back to comparing when we see these people who have a great audience and a following? Like how did they start? They may have not started with a book. They may have started with something else. So anyone who's like out there listening, who has this burning desire to write a book, realize it's going to be with you forever until you write this book out. And the biggest thing about writing the book is it's going to move you. It's going to challenge you and see things in a different way too. Like this book motivated me to apply to grad school. I didn't know I wanted to go back to grad school. Like I am not your typical, like, yeah, let's sit down and study and write. No, I'm like, like the mover, the doer, like, let's go do something. Let's go be active. But I didn't realize that that was a part of me that I needed to fulfill. And I think that's a lot of things that holds people back that people don't really say is because when we write, we discover a new part of us when we undercover some of these stories that we reveal. And I think that's the biggest thing that people hide behind with these smaller excuses of, I don't have time. Who am I to write a book? you know, I, I'm not good at English or grammar or anything like that. But I think the deeper reason is the fact of like, this book is going to move you, it's going to change you and it's going to rock your world. Like I remember laying in bed, staying at like two o'clock in the morning, typing tears with my eyes, (laughs) you are enough in the book. And I'm like, I needed to hear that for myself that I am enough. Yeah. That this is, and maybe that was, the whole process of the book that I needed to hear for myself was I was enough that I could do this. And that's when you really become the person that you're meant to be. You understand your stories and how they will transform you to the person that you need to become. Totally. And I think that a lot of times these kinds of endeavors, it's okay for it to start out to be something that's just for you. That's 100% how when I started the podcast, I was like, I'm just going to do this for me because I have some things I want to say and we'll just, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And it's okay to do that and have, you know, do something kind of as a passion project or just something that feels, you know, especially for moms, like something that maybe just feels even a little bit like 
possibly wildly indulgent. Like I'm just going to sit and write for 30 minutes every day and just see what happens. Mm. I think that that is really, really powerful and really impactful. And it might start out that like, this is not for anyone else's eyes. This is just for me. And it might be that over time, then it evolves into something more. And sometimes it's a lot less intimidating to start that way. Yeah. And that's kind of, yesterday we did a writing drill in one of my classes for grad school and the professor just set a timer and said, you have an assignment coming up with all the knowledge that you know, write for 20 minutes. Your pen does not come off the paper. Your fingers do not stop typing. 20 minutes, go. Just go with it. And it was amazing to be like, whoa, I know some stuff without even researching this topic. Yeah. Okay. And then it gave me ideas of like where I needed to go. So anyone who's out there who wants to write a book, do that. And then put the puzzle pieces together. And that was the biggest thing that happened with my book. I didn't even know how to approach to write this book. I just started writing. I bought a journal and pen and paper, just started writing my ideas. And that's when I started realizing, okay, this sits here. This part can go here. Oh, I need to write individually on hope, dream, and believe. Okay. So you don't have the answers. It's the process of finding the answers and the solutions of, whatever story you want to tell. Right. But through that process, you realize a lot about yourself. I don't know. Can you speak about that, Sarah, with like the podcast and everything for you? Yes. Yes. Actually, that's like so funny that this is a topic because um, (laughs) I am in the process of writing a talk for Seattle Startup Week. Oh, nice. And I've been given some really specific parameters about Uh what I'm going to talk about. And I have started over like three different times. And then like the last version that I really liked somehow like disappeared into the ether. I have no idea what happened to it. Like oh, I couldn't no. find it anywhere on my computer. It was like awful timing because this is a week where I don't have time to be losing documents. Right. So I yeah. started over again yesterday. But what's funny is in the process of starting over multiple times and trying to like rejigger things multiple times, I've done exactly what you said is like, I have these pieces and I'm putting them together to fit in this format. And I don't have all the connections there yet. And so what's happening is I'm just giving myself space to create like one piece at a time. And I know where I need to ultimately end up. So I'm like over here in one corner, I have this story component over here in another corner. I have this practical application component over here. Like I need to find how to link them together over here. I have this picture. I have to have like all these a certain amount of images to go with it. So I'm looking like, okay, if I have to fit 20 images into this six minute and 40 second talk, how does that play? <laughs> like, it's very, all very specific. Right. So I'm starting to look at like, okay, here's five photos I know I want to use. So that goes like into another piece. And so right now it's not seamless and it's not pretty, but I'm just doing like one block at a time. And I keep on just taking time. Like this morning I went running and I had like 30 minutes to run. So I was like, as soon as I got started, I was like, just think about the talk. Think about the talk. (laughs) So like I came up with some good stuff there and I came home and like added that to one piece. And then when I sat down to write again a little bit later, after I dropped Vinny off at school, I was like, okay, I need to think about this other section. So I took the dog for a walk and like set a timer. I'm like, I'm going for a walk 10 minutes out, 10 minutes back. And I just started walking with the dog and I was like, okay, how am I going to connect these like two things? So then I did that and I was like, okay, like come home and type it in. So I think a lot of times it is like, it's easy for people to think like, oh, like you just sat down and wrote this thing and it was just beautiful and easy and seamless. No, I think it's often that it's, you're finding pieces, putting them together. And over time you build something that is like a masterpiece, but there's a lot of work that goes Mm -hmm. into that. A lot of work and a lot of imperfection that leads you to the place where you find like the right words and the right connections and the right message. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and just think of like any artist, like how many drafts do they do or a photographer do they need to take to find that piece that they just absolutely love? Right. Like, right. and that's where I think we miss the opportunity of becoming playful with our mistakes mm-hmm. and understanding how like we're meant to make mistakes. This is how we understand and learn and grow and progress. And so when we approach like a project and with being in grad school, I'm like, what am I doing? Who, why am I in grad school? Like, I'm already dealing with some of those emotions of like, I don't have all the answers, but it's through this process where I'll discover the answers. And I think we just live in a society where we're supposed to have the right answers versus explore what is the right answer or the masterpiece that you want to create, either be a painting, a podcast or a book whatever it is. Right, right. What else do you want our shameless moms to know about the powerful 21-day process you created in the book or about writing a book themselves? Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? Well, I just love your title of your (laughs) podcast just because I feel like, especially for moms, it's so easy to hide behind shame. And so we limit ourselves of really being the authentic woman that our children need, our husband needs. And if any of the moms are out there who are desiring or have this deep desire to write a book, I know a couple moms out there who I hope are listening who have families. Like if you don't write that book, you may not be serving your children or your husband in the way that's the best way for you because we may be hiding behind this door of shame and it's keeping us hidden. So just that name in itself, it allows people to be like, no, I'm not shameless. I'm going to do this. You almost open up the door for them, Sarah. Like, we can do this together. So I just think that's so empowering, just the name of what you are promoting already, because there's so many moms out there that have been taught to be hidden behind the word mom. Yes. And so realizing that their desires of who they're meant to be, if, you know, like just the fact that they need a mom needs to be healthy for their kids. Like whatever activity that is. Like I water skied with a couple of moms, not this summer, but the summer before, and they felt guilty for skiing and taking time for themselves. Where I'm like, you're teaching your kids how to embrace things that are active, that is fun, that is outdoors, that is healthy. Mm-hmm. You're showing by leading them. Don't feel ashamed for taking time for you. Right, right. So I think just that in itself is powerful right there. Yeah. And then it gets addictive taking time for yourself. You're like, "Hmm, (laughs) I kind of like this. I'm going to take some more time for myself. (laughs) Same thing with being shameless. Like I was shameless about that one thing. Now I'm going to be shameless about a whole bunch of more. I love it. Yeah. Anna, tell us where we can find you and where we can find Spark Your Youth. Yeah. So if you just go to my website, AnnaWillard.com, I believe it's under resources and then just click book and then there's the link to the book and everything. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a minute to do our lightning round before I let you go? Yes. Okay. Here we go. What is your favorite way to treat yourself? You may laugh, but it's popcorn and kombucha. Oh, mine. I like popcorn, but I would probably prefer wine to kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're both fermented. Yes. <laughs> current book you're reading or the last one you read? Oh, wow. So since I'm in grad school, there's a lot of books to be reading right now. Current book that I'm reading right now, I'll be diving into the general theory of love. And I just finished You Are What You Love. And I'm in the middle of 
a little manual of knowing, which is very dense. It's like maybe a hundred pages, but very dense. So I didn't ask, what did you go back to school for? Yeah. So I'm going back to school for psychology. Okay. Yeah. So those, those book titles make sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is one morning ritual you can't live without? Coffee. Yes. Who is your biggest inspiration? I would say my family. Mm. If yeah. you mom's one superpower, what would it be and why? I would say it would be to be able to see through walls. So I feel like women have this huge instinct to care so they can go and take care of any harm that's done behind walls. Oh, I like that one. That is unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to acknowledge you for being here today, especially in light of what's going on with your family. I just so appreciate you showing up and it's just such a, I think it speaks to how you have chosen to show up in writing your book and sharing your story and helping and supporting other people that you would, I know you told me that like you packed your car, your head get hit in the road as soon as we're done here, but you wanted to yeah. share this and just spread your message to the shameless moms before you hit the road. So I mm-hmm. really appreciate that. And I really want to send you all the best as you go to be with your family. And I hope that you guys have some really quality family time together and can do some processing and healing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if there's anything we can do for you in the Shameless Mom Academy or anything you want to come back and talk about in the future, definitely let me know, okay? I will. Thank you so much, Sarah. You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon, Anna. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with Anna and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really appreciate it, and I hope that you learned something new. I hope you took some notes, and I hope you have some great ideas and inspiration around hope and dreams and belief as you move forward today and in the coming weeks. If this episode was meaningful to you, please do share it out. A great way to share is to screenshot this episode from your app, from the app that you're listening in. Take a screenshot of the episode, post that to social media with the link to shamelessmom.com episode 168, and then people can find the episode and listen. That actually works really, really well. So there's a quick tip for you. Use screenshots. And I hope that you will share this because I think that Anna had some great things to say and a powerful message that others need to hear. So I would love for you to help me spread the word of Anna's word through her book, Spark Your Youth. I also hope that you go and get the book. So you can go do that over. I have links in the show notes to her website and to the book as well. So make sure you go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 168 to get more info and links to connect with Anna online. Thank you again for spending time with us. We are back in a couple days with a brand new episode. If this is your first time listening, know that we do release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday, and you can subscribe and never miss an episode. If you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will drop you into Apple podcasts where you can subscribe to the show and make sure you get all episodes as soon as they are released. So we can't wait to see you back here in a few days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you've fallen into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, 
we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.